Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm your host, Sharna Lennox, and with me in the studio is Patreon and friend Andrea. Hi! And we are back to finish up <gasps> the story of Herb Ballmeister. Herb's a fucked hard and a half. He sure I is. He sure is. So Changed my life. If you guys haven't listened to part one, go to the previous episode and listen to part one because you've missed like a, a lot, lot of his life and what he is doing. And let doing. it change your life. Don't <laughs> like ever buy Andrea. his car. Don't, yeah, don't go for walks. Just don't yes. do anything. Where I left you, Herb was a traveling salesman and he has started to, we believe this is where he started his carnage, um, started to murder Sex were young male sex workers, transient boys that needed rides, um, that kind of thing. He's leaving carnage all up and down I-70. The police know that they have a serial killer, but be- without pressures from the media or the family members of these lost boys, it's put on the back burner. Now, Herb does eventually return to Indian- Indianapolis, claiming that he missed his wife and children so much that he wanted to quit that job and be home more. Okay, so he did. He, he was going out on like let's say like a week on of traveling and yeah. then coming home for uh, a little like on bit. On the weekends, then, okay. Mm-hmm. So that he was seeing them, it just wasn't daily no. or as often. Correct. So now he's saying, "Yep, I miss them. I want to go mm-hmm. home and have unsatisfying sex with avoid my, sex with my wife." That's true. Yeah, like, you know, yep. wait another ten years. Yeah. We'll get two sex opportunities in the next six and she'll be happy. Yes, yes. In in reality, he was leaving too much carnage and he knew it. He was running, yes. Mm-hmm. So he disappears off from I-70 and he and takes... magically the murder stops. Right. Yes. Well, and this is later we figure that out. But it's at this point in time, the perfect, because he was living a double life, so it's the perfect, like, thing he hadn't been caught yet so he goes back to his home just outside of indianapolis and he takes an entry-level sales clerk position at a thrift store what yes which he actually thinks is really really degrading but here's the thing that shocks me well he starts learning about the thrift store business and realizes that it's actually could be quite lucrative and he gets the backing of a charity That is basically like, we will, we're going to let you run these stores for us. And they do like a certain cash match thing. Like if you sell so much or whatever, it Almost like a commission-based thing. Yes. Kind of like if you sell this and you get X amount. They matched the sales. Yep. So here's the thing. This becomes extremely profitable for him. And How the hell are they making money if they're matching the price? They're because they're giving it to him. Like he's getting if if he can sell all of this stuff to, you know, people are making their donations, whatever, mm-hmm. and they're selling it for a, 
a profit, yeah. right? Essentially, because yeah. they're being given these items for oh, free. Yeah. So they're making a profit. And so the charity is matching what he makes in sales for him to go and purchase more okay. items. Okay. It's not all donation-based. Okay. okay. And so whatever, however it worked out for him, the sales start escalating and he's doing really, really well. And he even ends up owning two, I believe, stores. They opened up two. He being, becomes very I was wealthy. Say, but being um at such a young age, having to pro- portray who you're not mm-hmm. in doing that whole fake imaging, I'm sure he could kind of chameleon his way into Yeah. Oh, this person's like this, so I'll yep. put on this mask and, you know, sell ice but to also, an Eskimo type deal. He's finally getting to be in charge of something. Yeah. That's, that's what where he he's wants. always wanted. Yeah. Control to be control. the head of it. And actually Julie was very financially savvy. So she handled like the books and stuff. She worked with the thrift store as well. Okay. And together they were quite a dynamic partnership. So she's doing the part-time mm-hmm. at the school and then helping. I think at this point she stopped part-time and they just had they these just two. Did. They just had these thrift shops. Well, if they yeah. owned two, it would be yeah. an all- the time deal and as I had said you know he does become very successful and wealthy but before he hits that wealth about two years into his career an unexpected turn happens and his father passes away oh before he had reached his, so his riches yeah so he okay? couldn't be like fuck you yeah he hadn't I been able it. to prove himself to his dad yet and his dad goes up and passes away oh so as stated by ryan green the book that i read you think you know me it says quote in the lives of many killers there is a turning point a stressor that unlocks their murderous instincts and looking back on herbert baumeister to this point you might suspect that it arrived with the death of his father end quote so his father was a major source of anger in his life just because he felt like he was never living up to his standards, you know, post, um, he had a good relationship with him early childhood, yes. but you know, post puberty when he got dark and weird. And so now he is at a point where his father will never, he will never see the look on his father's face when he, made when it. he finally makes it financially and is more financially stable than the good doctor. He'd never get the praise and attention that he always wanted from his but dad. I'm thinking he still wouldn't. The dad sounds like maybe. I think the dad legitimately just wanted him to be successful and not be weird. Like, stop making your inappropriate See, I dark think the jokes. Weird thing, like, I, I think just, his dad probably also knew that he was homosexual. Probably, and they would never see eye to eye, eye to no. eye on that situation, right? So there's he's an emotional dead end. At this point in time for him. But on the flip side, he also no longer needed to worry about disappointing him if he found out about his dark secrets. So his downward spiral doesn't happen suddenly. It happens gradually. He does, as I said, he gets a lot of financial wealth. He opened a store that turned a $50,000 profit just in the first year. And this is, you know, back in the early 80s, you know. So good chunk. And so they open a second store. He got the wealth that he always wanted. They moved to a well-to-do area outside of Indianapolis. It was like a Tudor-style mansion called Fox Hollow Farms. It had four bedrooms, an indoor swimming pool, 
horse stables, 18 acres for the kids. Hell, that's like an amazing thing now. Mm -hmm. It was Julie's dream come true. This is what she had always wanted. I would die for an indoor swimming pool. Right? I would never leave it. It would be awesome. Well, he spends a lot of time there. You may regret saying that. Oh, God. You're fucking my whole life up. I'm sorry. No. The I fact know that you, you said I would this? die for an indoor swimming pool Fuck. is going to come back to haunt you. You foreshadowed <sighs> and didn't even realize it. I've done that a lot in this you case. Have. I know why you saved it Sorry. for me. Right. So another quote from Ryan Green's book is, quote, They may have only had sex six times in their marriage, but what did that matter compared to the real tangible things like the business of her dreams, the house of her dreams, and the lifestyle that she'd always longed for? End quote. In reference to Julie. Like, she's continuing to put up Julie with her. I Julie would still want sex. I mean, yes. all the money in the world. Right. Can't replace get intimacy. Laid. Of course. Don't like, we I'm all? sorry. Yes. Rich or poor, I no want to shit. get laid. Like, I am sorry. That's part of life. Yep. I am an adult woman and but at I, my peak. Like, I let's... think this was Ryan Green's um, chance at trying to explain, like, maybe why, why Julie, Julie there. hung out so long. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, she had the kids. She seemed like yes. the. And she the was type, a good mom. Yeah. And she was brought up in that Christian background where mm-hmm. I'm sure divorce was oh, not a word you knew. That comes. You dealt with it. Yeah. You have your kids. You don't break up a family. No. This poor woman. So, around this same time, there's also a string of random murders being done at malls and shopping centers in the area. Okay. Let me guess. Well, it, it's different though. So a stranger would walk up behind a woman oh. with a slender build and long hair and just shoot them in the back of the head. Oh, yeah. Five That's... women were killed and one man that was accidentally, they believe, mistaken for female because he was slender in build and had long hair. But because they, they like this person always came up from behind. Yep. Two more attempts like this were made, but the women survived due to the bullet, like the um, gun jamming. And when they did forensic on this gun, which was a 22 caliber pistol, we know that Herbert Baumeister carried a 22 caliber pistol when he was traveling. That is part of the, that's. Part of the flex that he would use to get boys in the car. to do things okay. to him. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he often went to a shooting range with his Republican friends, and he was a really good shot. Julie liked to shoot guns, too, as a matter of fact. It's interesting, with the two survivors, like the um, what they extracted from the... Like the bullet, bullet fragments. Yep, yep, from it jamming, and it didn't, like, shoot. It didn't get them where it was supposed to, so they survived. They knew that jewelers, a thing called jeweler's rogue, had been used in the gun, which is often used to try to clear the barrel of a pistol, of a jammed pistol. Okay. But also at this time, jeweler's rogue was frequently used by thrift thrift shop (gasps) owners to polish silver and gold that came through and to remove scratches on glass. So I know, like, this is weird because this doesn't match his MO at all. And the witness accounts from the indicants, indi- incidents, excuse me, do point to to Herbert Baumeister's description. It doesn't make logical sense, but it could make psychological sense in that Herb had definitely like disassociated. We know that he, we know he disassociated because he lived his double life for so long. So what if his psychologists are thinking at this point in time, what if his killing of young men and doing like 
rape and consensual sex in an intimate way. And then necrophilia is one disassociation for him and an outlet of source for hatred for his father to killing women that possibly reminded him of Julie and the fact that he had to live this double life with her. And when he shot these women... It was just killing and pretty much walking that's away. That's it. Or what? Yes, so there, was there was no, no sexual assault. Okay, that's what Never. I was wondering. So it was literally just cold blooded murder. Back of the head and turn around. Yep, yep, and yep. And I'm out. Yep, killing them in a cold and brutal manner and is that would another make sense with disassociation Julie too, for him. He did not want to have sex. No, with he didn't her. want to be married he to her. He didn't have feelings for her. He was faking it for his mom and for his dad. And for her, like, yes, no, he had no ties to her at all. So there's like this parallel in his brain, just like how he joined that Republican yeah, party thing where he met Julie. And it's the total opposite. Their views are totally opposite of the way he was living his life. So it, it's like he's living these two polarized disassociate disassociations. And it's very, very possible that, that this was him. They they don't know for sure, but they're very much pointing to they could pinpoint even the ones that were outside of his local area that happened in the same manner coincided with when he was a traveling salesman and he was in those areas at that time. So, so it was definitely yeah, him. Absolutely. These connections obviously aren't made until many years in the future, but still. So Herb's not on the road anymore, and he's this successful thrift shop thrift shop owner called Save-A-Lot, by the oh, way. Oh, But it's not I that Save-A-Lot. It's not that save a lot. I called it. Yeah. 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 Not, not that one. It's not the same. He was the one he like could name it himself. Okay. So he just came up with this random name that really isn't that creative. No. Thrift shop at all. And I'll think of groceries. Yes. No matter what. There's no groceries. It was a thrift shop. So when he's doing this, this is limiting again, his ability to indulge in his dark desires. So he pours that energy into going to all these auctions where he is buying up all kinds of crap and he's literally filling their beautiful mansion with it. He was like not fe- taking it to the store. No, because the store didn't have enough room. Oh my he's God. overbuying for the store and he's using his mansion as like a storage facility which starts to interrupt Julie's lavish lifestyle. Well, yeah. It gives her anxiety. She the the kids couldn't even play in the house anymore. They had to play in there was some lavish gardens that outside that were described that's where the kids could only play because their their house was so full of junk to the point where the indoor pool that I mentioned <gasps> don't tell me. He put a bunch of mannequins all around the pool. Shut up. So it's just a pool surrounded by mannequins, which is the creepiest fucking thing I think I've ever yeah, heard. I couldn't swear. Obviously, Julie, why do you like, need that many mannequins? Well, and because he's got this covered up, like he needs them because he's going to take them to the store and sell them. He's going to use them to, you know, display, display clothes. the clothes. Yeah, oh, yeah. So Julie is not. She doesn't disassociate. She's not a psychopath. She can't handle and put on fronts for other people. You can't like have dinner Herb parties can. with mannequins surrounding your indoor pool. Right. You can't. Nope. No. People will talk. People will talk. The neighborhood actually starts looking at her like she's a really moody person and wondered why Herb put up with her. Because Shut she wouldn't, up. no, she wouldn't hide her frustration. Like, here she is not getting laid. She's distant. She has a distant and unloving husband. And now yes, he's making a lot of money. Full of mm-hmm. shit. Yep. Other people's junk. 
Yes. I would be frustrated too. Like the neighbors are just looking at her like, oh my gosh, she's such a bitch. I don't know why he puts up with her. Well, I they don't know the real guys story. Why turn you into that? Yeah. They don't know the story. FYI, so, if you didn't know, we right. love them, but they make us into they crazy make us crazy. Bitches. And it's usually on point and for a very good valid reason. reason. Yes. And this is Julie's reason. So you know what she does? She takes summer vacation Without with them? her kids. Mm-hmm. Thank God. With her kids. They go to her mother-in-law's summer home on Lake Wawasi. Uh, sure. Sorry. Lake Wawasi. To get away from her crowded home I like and Wawawasi, <laughs> Lake Wawasi, yeah, to get away from the crowded home and growingly unstable husband of hers. Sounds like a good move. Yes, he. Now that they have wealth, though, we should know that Herb has decided that he can enjoy the finer things in life, like some really good cocaine. Oh, bring in the cocaine. Yeah, and he was first. Inter- yeah, he was first introduced to this though in the um, gay bars in Indianapolis. I'm sure. It's not a no. new concept to him, but he just didn't Even have money was, to indulge like we're in before. We're in the 80s now, right? Yeah. So yeah, it was. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. Now we're to the point. This summer vacation, it's now the early 1990s. Okay, yeah. But Definitely still, still, Mm -hmm. like, the cocaine high was going on. Yeah. So while the cat's away, the mice will play. So he took his cocaine, and the cocaine, whenever he took it, gave him a lot of confidence. Oh, I'm sure. So he creates a new persona. Oh, great. Yeah. He hits the bars as none other than Brian Smart. It's kind of like the name Save-A-Lot. Just oh, shit. very bland and not creative Brian at all. Smart. So he's Brian Smart. And, and now he changes his name, which is new. Yes. Right? Because yep. this persona. Yeah, to my knowledge, he had. Everything else was just the schizophrenic herb, yep. as I call him, yep. and regular herb. And now we have Now we have Brian, Brian Smart. Smart. Mm-hmm. So now we've excelled in our mental illness. Yeah, disassociated even more. Naming mm-hmm. our other personality. Yep. Yes. He's got coke in his veins, a smile on his face. And he is Mr. Smart. Yep, he's blending in. Um, Highly doubt he's blending in, though. The thing is, yeah, because he's <laughs> actually older now, yeah. right? He's at these gay bars, and he is is being recognized as being older. And some people actually were like, you know what? I remember him from back in the day. Like, he just disappears and then comes back. But they remember him as being more flamboyant and more craving in attention. Now he's like this cool and put together, wealthy, older man. Um, A sugar daddy and stuff. Yes, exactly. Now, though, his whole reason for this is his wife is gone. Yeah. And he... He wants satisfied. He can have more victims. He, He just goes ahead and uses those gardens to build himself a little, like, incinerator. In the oh, backyard. Perfect. All right. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. And one night he and picks he's up. He's going to eat s'mores over him with this kid. Probably, he's going to use right. it for s'mores. Yeah. I know it. One night he picks up a 31 year old man named Jeff Allen Jones at a bar. They go to his mansion. They sh- He shares his really good cocaine because this is like stuff that people in these bar scenes have never seen before. This is the good quality shit. Straight from Cuba. Yeah. And it really fucks Jeff up. Okay. Because he's never had the good stuff like this. So he pushes Jeff into the indoor pool, acting all playful like he is just like pretending to play with him when in in fact he's a predator that's just playing with his prey before he kills him. Why does it have to be the pool? He drowns him in the pool. Bastard. And after brutalizing his body all night and raping his corpse, he puts him 
in, you know, on this like pile that he created in the backyard and he burns his body. While doing so, he's reflecting and like sad on all the things. As, as I had said in the previous episode, is that when this happens and they fantasize it for so, about it for so long and then they do it, if it doesn't meet the fantasy exactly, then it's imperfect. Then, yeah, then it doesn't work. And it's work. ruined. Yep. And so he's on this high where he's doing all this stuff, but then as he's burning the body, he and he's coming down from the coke, he is like, oh my gosh, I this wasn't perfect. I have to perfect this. So he has to go out and do it again. So this is the first victim that we know of. Um, Jeff Allen is the first victim that we know that he committed in his hometown because previously, you know, it had all been on the road. On I-70 or whatever yep. when he was traveling. And he knows that this is an escalation, but it also gives him a little bit more of a thrill. The drifters on the road weren't real people to him, but now no, because these are nobody like real even people. cared afterwards. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm sure when he, I'm sure he followed up. Most do to follow their crimes. He did. He did follow, you know, so follow the news and the stuff. And Julie that, takes note of that later. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, the fact that the early ones on when nobody was pushing right. for them because there's no family, no, you know, law enforcement yep. knew, but didn't. He really couldn't care. relive it. Yeah. Through but the I think up. then he was like, oh, yes. You know, he knows it's risky, yeah. but that's almost even better for yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. Point. His next victim is Alan Brudard, who met Herb in a parking lot where he had just parked at a place called Brothers, and he was running late meeting his boyfriend. So Herb pulls up next to him, offers him a little bump bump of cocaine. Alan's like, well, what the hell? You know, I'm How already late. How do you late. just pull up and be like, hey, you want some coke? I don't know, because it's never happened to me and in my me life. Either. So I'm and not I've sure. And I've seen some shady people here and there. I know. At bars. Like, I... and nobody's offered me coke. I think it's just the times where they're at. It's pretty, we it's were flowing young pretty, yep, rapidly. They wouldn't, I would hope they wouldn't offer like five-year-olds. Right, coke. right. We were little. We were very little at this point in time. Alan is like, well, sure, what's a couple more minutes yeah. to do this nice coke, you know? He gets in and Herb takes off with him in the car, which was not a part tuck of the deal. Tuck and roll. Yeah. Open the car, tuck and roll. Not a part of the deal. He's no. really nervous. Herb is smiling and being cool. He takes the bump. It's very strong. It's cocaine he's not used to having. And he's like, I need to go back. Herb refuses. Things get between get heated between them. And Alan actually jumps out of the moving car. Good job. Okay. Good job, Alan. But Herb's on him before he knows Fuck. it. Puts a belt around his neck. <gasps> Herb is pissed that Alan has ruined his plans because this oh, isn't yeah. how it's supposed yeah, to be. No. This is not, not a part of the fantasy. It. You're supposed to be okay with nope. it. Be consensual. He's just supposed to die and let die. Not only that, but his escalation now in his fantasy is that he wants these men to die while he is raping them. He can't just kill them and then rape so them. So he has to be he has in to the middle of when intercourse. He snuffs their life out. Yes. And he put Alan's body in the backseat of his car, drove him to his house. So he did kill him with the belt. He did. Okay. While raping him. So mm-hmm. While raping him, okay. Afraid at this point in time that he's going to have a mess on his hands. So because the body had started to leak onto the leather interior. Yep. But he was prepared with chemicals to clean it up. He took Alan's body to the pool area for the same reason. Because the tiles are easy to be cleaned. He had already set up like a camcorder. Because now that he's at his house, he wants to record all this so that he He can can relive relive it. it. But Alan ruined it. 
because he had to kill him before, before bringing getting him, back. him to the pool mm-hmm. tiles. Yep. What a he bastard. Does the same thing, does whatever it is that he's going to do to brutalize him all night, and then burns his body. So his next victim was a bit older than his typical victims. His name was Roger Goodlett. Roger was close with his mother. He has connections. His lifestyle choices had made him estranged from his father in recent years, but everyone who knew him liked him. He had a great smile. He was kind. And the night that Brian, well, Brian Smart, a.k.a. Mr. Smart. Herb, meet, they had both seen each other around and had been like, dancing so to speak with one another in terms of like yeah like I've hey dude like I've seen you around we've made eye contact a lot now don't you think it's about time that keep going do you want a little sugar baby right like we keep leaving with other people don't you think it's about time we leave with each other now until then until you know they they joked about being older and needing to leave the bar before early before the younger crowd gets there yeah i've been there done that um, before yeah. now that's the case i'm it, like it they're is. gonna like, make fun plan. of me yeah i can't dance I can't even though this music this. was hot when i was a senior right. and it's coming back around like they'll make fun we of gotta me. leave before the younger yeah. crowd gets there because uh-huh. they're assholes mm-hmm. so yeah, he of course ditch. takes him back to the mansion tells him that it's not his mansion He's like, Probably I'm because it's full of shit from estate sales. Well, would be my guess, I think it's more so that he is picking these men up, you know, downtown and trying to blend in. He's trying to relate oh, with them. So he doesn't he want can't them be to wealthy. Know he's rolling in dough. Yes. And yep. owns two stores. Mm-hmm. Of course not. Because then what if they start putting shit together? Yeah. He is just like, I'm just watching this for the owner this summer. They're messing around when. Herb, herb. When Herb uses, you, I know. just call him just herb. herb. It's Herb. Uses his line on him, asking if he wants to have the best orgasm of his life, and explains autoerotic asphyxiation. Good job. Got that. Oh. I can't do it either. So Roger's hesitant, but Herb is like, listen. Who, by the way, he still thinks named Brian. Um, he's like, you know, you can trust me. Um, oh, sure, because mm-hmm. that is always the key like, for I've, trust. Yes, I've done this. Many a times, he's even got a hose. Oh, that's great. That's cut like a part, like a garden hose. And he's like, this is the tool that I use. Like, I've done this several times. Unfortunately, of course, we know he strangles him with that garden hose. The garden hose becomes a very popular, like, thing. It's part of his MO. It's very easy for him to to use he records the entire encounter as i've mentioned before we know exactly I'm what sorry, he did but to him while he's doing that and then kills these poor people all i can think is all the bodily fluids that come out mm-hmm. after death they do but this is one gross motherfucker i mean yeah, what do you like, want me to I say i want someone you shit think on the me. feces is gonna stop him I would have hoped so. No, oh, nothing. God, is, sure it's, no. Andrea, all that is a part of death. It's a part of Ugh. it. He's obsessed. This is death is what turns him on. So that's just a part of it. And I will mention too. That's yes. So gross. This is like a really fucked up part. All the stuff that his victims come wearing, he sells in his thrift shop. Then he burns Does he body. like leave it in a corner that says recently deceased? No. I have no idea. He just and I signed the tag. Who would know with all the junk he's got lying around his house? I mean, he literally just Julie sees would it not as know. another price tag. Mm-hmm. Another way to. I mean, why not be frugal here? Oh my god! Mm-hmm. So he burns their body 
like the well and think about it it's kind of the perfect situation because he gets rid of everything he gets rid of and the clothes he can always and say somebody really do- yeah you can't because somebody dropped it off yes. and donated yes, it exactly. it's at the door in a bag when i got here yep so he burns you know his body like the rest and i'm sorry but in the it family takes garden. a lot to burn a body it absolutely because does. bones don't burn no but we're gonna see that come back to haunt stupid herb i hope it does because okay? i mean I it burns the muscle bit of it yeah just hold Fucking tight. Haunts him. Hold your tits, lady. We're getting there. I cannot deal with herb. <laughs> Much Brian longer. Smart. Brian Smart. How big so he is does this burn pit. Like, does he have to? He doesn't cut them to put them in it, right? What he does is he rakes. No, 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 he doesn't. But what he does is he rakes the ashes like away. We will find out that he buries the bones and he's just raking the ashes over the dirt and whatnot. Okay, okay. so like, but his kids are playing can- back there. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. So he does this routine all summer while the kids are away and Julie is away. And he's meticulous in ensuring that everything that could that he could see as evidence was like gone. either buried, gone, cleaned, cleaned. up. Mm-hmm. But when she returns at the end of the summer, the house is still a mess. It's trashed with other people's junk. They're distant to each other. They don't sleep in the same room or bed, of course. And now hitting the news is news of a gay man turning up missing and dead. And Julie takes notice of the way that he seems to hang on every detail. While watching it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that he seemed at this point to really delight in other people's mis- like misery. Okay. he no- She notices all this. That's crazy. About him watching these news stories and reading the articles and all this stuff. Well, their businesses kind of start to hit a plateau. Money's not flowing as freely. Julie would like to divorce him, but her religious upbringing tells her divorce is a sin. So she hangs on for the harsh winter where her and and Herb are cold to one another. And the kids are constantly around. So he doesn't have as much of an outlet to do the things that he wants to do. Well, yeah, because now his home is his play area. Yep. And he can do it with them there. Yep. The kids are a little bit older now, and they are noticing that their dad's, like, straight up weird. He is saying these inappropriate jokes. Oftentimes, they would leave the kids crying and horrified. <gasps> yeah. So, the following, stream, like, spring. Is he, like, distancing himself from the kids at this point, or not really? Um, as far I, as I think that they're just, apart, like. They're kind of Now that they're, that, yes, exactly. Okay. Like, they're taking notice that he's weird, that they didn't notice when they were younger well, yeah, and didn't because understand. Because they're playing and mm-hmm. yep. whatever. So, the following spring, Julie is dreaming of get o- getting away again for the summer when Eric comes running into the house holding a human skull. Shut the fuck up. That he found in the gardens. <gasps> yeah, that's yeah. not a Halloween the, prop. No, and he, of course, found it in the gardens because that's where he always had to play because the house is so full. Of trash. Uh, trash, yep. He was like, yeah, I actually found all kinds of bones out there and maybe even enough to make a full person. So Julie's like, show me, I need to see this. When he comes home, she confronts Herb that night about all the bones. She had laid all the bones out on the table and are like, what the fuck is this? And he's like, are you kidding me? It's obviously a skeleton that I got at an auction. He's like, and he tells her two different stories. One, that it's a skeleton that he got at an auction. Then he said another one. He's like, no. And and also, my dad was a doctor, so he had 
a human skeleton and I took it after he died. Why was like, it in the garden? It's been if in that's storage. The case. Well, what he says is it's been in storage and I feared that the kids would be trauma- traumatized by it. So I buried it in the backyard. Because that makes sense. But he also is like pissed. How dare you question me? So he's like, what exactly are you accusing me of? Julie, do you think that I'm going around robbing graves instead of working my ass off all day? He's gaslighting her. Working my ass off all day so that you can live a lavish luxury like this. And now you're going to accuse me of, what, collecting bones and burying them? No, I think you're killing people. Right. That never came up in this conversation. No. So then he's like, you know what? I think you need a job to occupy your time more than being home me? with the kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. you only have four kids and a house that you were trying to keep up until you fucking right. brought all your shit home. And now yep. you want me to get a job. But now he's turned it around on her. So she's like, you know what? Just calm down. Okay, I'm sorry. It just scared me. Like, your explanation's reasonable. Whatever. Summer's coming up. She knows she's leaving for the summer to go back with her mother-in-law. So... She's like, just leave it be. So she's staying with so the mother-in-law when she's out there. Yes. I thought it was just her and the kids at like an, at one of the houses it's, they own. It's her mother-in-law's lake house. Okay, yeah. so the yeah. mother-in-law is there. Yeah. Which yep. is kind of weird that you would think maybe Julie would finally get insight on the past. Because I know she didn't right. say anything. Right, no. She I don't, first came around. I don't think that the Ma Elizabeth is, is really going to say it anyway. No. But I bet she knew. Yes, yes. They I, I had, they've had some conversations, and the weirdness has definitely... Because when Julie comes back and even confronts him, she wouldn't have done that five years prior. Oh, right, right. So I, I wonder Maybe. if there was something that clicked or... Mom had mentioned something little, and she's like, oh, shit, fuck him. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. Where she's more mad than anything mm-hmm. at that point. Because she's just, like, concerning, like, this was in our yeah. backyard. And you I know, think that takes hell. some balls because I don't foresee her, like, questioning him no, before. No, but that's why she backs down because he gets angry Yeah, about it. So the next summer comes, Herb's back at it. He's luring his victims, trying, you know, different things with their dead bodies and remain. We'll really never really know how many victims he has. That's so sad. We know the second summer there was Richard Hamilton, Manuel Resendez, Johnny Bayer, and Alan Livingston. Oh my God. Those are ones that we know of. This is where we finally introduce the detective who not only looks like a real detective with his large mustachio, <laughs> but he In is- the big old glasses. Uh-huh. Yep. I see two super troopers written all but over. He, like, is a detective who really wants to do his damn job. His name is Virgil Vandegrift. He was a veteran in the major crimes detective from Marion County, Indiana, India, not India. India. Indian. Oh, my my God. God. Indianapolis. Is that what you're trying to say? Indiana. Oh, Jesus. That's what I'm trying to say. Marion County, Indiana. Our neighboring state. (laughs) Yep. And he was retired, but he was still doing detective work as a private investigator. So at this time... Missing person cases were everywhere, and you had to wait like 24 hours before they would take it seriously and another 30 days for adults that anything would be like done on it, yada, yada. It was basically this like logistical (laughs) jurisdictional nightmare of Indianapolis at the time. So a lot of police officers handed handed people like Virgil's card when they were wanted their loved one found. Be like, like call him. here, this he is. Will find yes, this is better for you because our police department doesn't have the resources. We're not going to be able to find him. 
So in the summer of 1994, Alan Broussard's mother approached him. And now Alan was from summer number one, the first summer. This was the victim who was close to his mom, but estranged from his dad. He was the first garden hose that we know of. Okay. And that's not all. Roger Goodlett's mother also came to him with the same story that Alan's mother had. So that now we have two. We do. That he can start connecting dots. Yep. Like saying their son, both of their sons were very trusting, frequent in gay bars in this particular area, and liked to drink to excess, okay, and do some drugs. It's Vandegrift that puts it together for the police in Indianapolis that they had a serial killer on the loose, okay, this private investigator. But they basically laughed at him because they're like, who's going to put time into a gay serial killer? Like, really, the police were just like, you're on your own, bud. But one person on the force that was a sex crimes division detective, Mary Wilson, she was willing to work with Virgil. And it's Mary who connects the dots between all the strangled young men on I-70 with the sudden disappearance of gay men from Indianapolis. Oh, my God. So not only that, but also with the buried incident reports that were filed many years ago from male sex workers. And that was before the murder Mm -hmm. happened that we know of. That had been like brutalized but not murdered. So she did not have any support from the rest of her office, but she did know that they were all connected because the stories are all lining up. The descriptions are all lining up. So Virgil goes to bat for her and helps her pro bono. So he's a private detective, but he's going to help Mary pro bono, and they start interviewing witnesses. When one witness tells them that they saw Roger Goodlett get into a blue car with Ohio plates, this confirms to her that they are dealing with the I-70 strangler here. The case, though, kind of stalls as they wait for new evidence or new witnesses, you know, to get there. They now, don't find they have that a composite sketch too. From they do a while ago. Okay. Yes. Yep. They do, but yeah, no one imagined it with. Right. Yeah. Right. They do get another witness step that stepped forward. This man's name was Tony Harris. Now, Tony was a really good friend to Roger Goodlett. They did have like an occasional dating relationship, but mostly they were just really good friends. And after Roger disappeared, the bar that he frequented allowed his missing person photo to be displayed behind the bar. So Tony was sitting at the bar one night and saw a man staring at Roger's photo with what seemed like evil glee on his face. Now, Tony had a really sick gut instinct that somehow this man that was staring at his picture like that knew something about his disappearance. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. But that goes to show just how much he wasn't hiding. No. What he intuition thought. is a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it just is. So he introduces himself to the man. Oh my God. And he's like, hey, like pretends to flirt with him. That and takes some like, brass balls right there. Oh yeah. Oh, this guy brass has the biggest balls. balls of them all. Hold hold on a second. Because what he does, holy shit. We should, if we all had friends like Tony, this would be amazing. So the man introduces himself to Tony as none other than Brian Smart. Imagine that Mm -hmm. Mr. Smart has come back. Now, what Tony does next is either incredibly brave or incredibly stupid. But I'm going with brave brass balls. He pretends to get drunk. He, oh, I like that. He pretends to be interested in Brian Smart. He laughs that part laughs at every one of his sick and offensive jokes eating it up Uh 
He had to pretend that he wanted him sexually. Of course, they get in the car together. He's got to, like, <laughs> take on yeah. these advances. I mean, don't, he's being felt up by oh, him. Yuck. But he's also having to pretend to be very, very drunk. So he, in the meantime, he's memorizing every detail that he can to tell police. Everything. The car ride, he's making casual conversation while Brian Smart is feeling him up. Oh, my God. Brian told him that he's from Ohio and that he fixes up houses and that he was taking him to his latest project, which was a gorgeous house that he was working on called Fox Hollows Farm. That and was full of estate shit that you can't walk through. Mm-hmm. Claiming that he's a landscape artist. So Tony's forcing himself to smile, remain calm, get as many details as he can. How can he like even act like he's sexually aroused when you oh, know right, something like right. that? Like, exactly. I'm sorry. And this mansion is located like 20, 25 minutes out of town and it's dark. Okay. So he That's is trying good. to memorize Where he's about at. how far we came, you know, out of the city. So they go to the mansion. Brian tell Brian Smart tells him that the lights don't work in the main house. But what the, the fuck? Yeah. Oh my oh, god! Run! Know, I know. Now I'm like right. seriously. How he I did know. put himself in a very yeah. precarious. He's position out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. He might be a victim too. So he's like the the house in the main or the lights in the main house don't work, but there is a swimming pool just down like by the pool house here where the lights work. That's where we're going. Of course, the mannequins freak him the I fuck out. I was just going to ask if the mannequins were still surrounding yes, the pool. the mannequins are still surrounding the pool, and there's nothing but, it's dark, and there's nothing but pool lights. It's terrifying. It looks like people are watching, right? That would be horrifying. And Brian's like, oh, yeah. Brian Smart's telling him, these mannequins keep me company while I work. What the fuck? Run. Uh, and it was in that statement when Tony could really see the evil that was beneath the surface, and there's no doubt in his mind that... He knows what he's dealing with and that this is the person who stole his friend, who took Roger. He does the same rigmarole. He offers him a drink, but actually Tony refused and was like, man, you can continue on with the party, but I just, I had so much at the bar, like I've reached my limit. That is so smart because mm-hmm. God knows if he would lace it. Oh yeah, like, and he did. Yeah, he drugged his victims. Absolutely. So Easier to fight. Yep, yep. yep. So he lets him leave to go fix a drink. He's looking around trying to get as much information as he can. When he comes back, it's very obvious to Tony that Herb has helped himself to a little bit of the devil's sugar because now he is high as fuck. And he Tony knows a cocaine high when he sees yes. it, right? It's been all around him in his, his life. So they get naked and swim. Herb pulls up a lounge chair and uses that same line. This is how we know what, because I'll just tell you, Tony does live. But this is how we know what his MO is and what he did to lure all these other victims. So he gives them the same line about the erotica asphyxiation. And he pulls out this hose, right? Starts putting it around Tony's neck. They get that far. He's, this hose is around Tony's <gasps> neck and Tony plays dead. He just pretend he knows exactly what this man wants him to do. So he plays dead and he's terrified because he realizes this is exactly how this is how Roger died. This is how my friend died. Herb is like, Tony, Tony, are you alive? Are you alive? Well, he can't. I mean, his heart's still beating. How are you breathing? So he can't like, like play dead too long. So he opens his eyes and Herb's like, oh my God, Jesus, you scared me. People have died this way. There have been accidents, you know, like totally pretending like he wasn't 
trying, trying to kill to. him. Yep. Tony comes back as he's like, you know, quote, waking up and everything. And he's like, okay, was it an accident with Roger <gasps> when you killed Roger? And starts accusing him, starts firing questions at oh him. Oh my God. Herb is not prepared for this, right? And he does not like to be questioned. Mm-mm. So he sits down. He's higher than hell on cocaine oh, and yeah. drunk. So he sits down and the dumb fuck passes out from all the alcohol and cocaine. And instead of running for his life, Tony spends the next hour and a half rummaging through the house looking for evidence of Roger's murder. Oh my God, that takes so much brass steel balls. He goes back down to where Herb is sleeping, picks up his pants because he wants to know what his identification is. And at this point in time, Herb wakes up and is like, Tony, are you robbing me? Tony keeps his cool and he's like, no, no, man, you going to sleep forever? You've been sleeping for like an hour. Take me back into town. Like still just trying to play it cool. He's like, oh my gosh, you've been such a good spirit. Can't believe I passed out. Like that was crazy, right? And he's like, we should make this a regular thing. And Tony's like, for sure, for sure. Just take me back home, you know? Like, all right. So he like totally forgot about the questions or yeah, was playing so drunk it off. And high. Right, exactly. So he does drive him back into town and they made plans to meet up the next week at five oh a place called five oh one club and he tears away out of the parking lot where he dropped Tony off before Tony could memorize his actual oh. plates. Okay. So he goes right to the police and they turn him away. Like we <gasps> they do not believe this story at all. Like, you better leave before we arrest you for taking whatever drugs you were taking to make you concoct that story. Oh my God. He even goes to the local FBI where he is criticized for wasting their time. Shut His last stop is Virgil Vandergroff's office. And he, Virgil, hears his story and was like, oh, my God, I'm taking you to meet Mary Wilson right away. You are the connecting Mm -hmm. factor. So Mary's the only person on the police force who's actually going to give a shit. Tony tells Mary the entire thing. They go and scour all the neighborhoods outside of Indianapolis, right? To try to see. Mm -hmm. Ooh. But everything's different in the daylight. Yep. You it's have to not do it at dark. Night. Yes, exactly. And the, all he could remember from the sign is that it said farms on it. Oh, he couldn't remember the fox. No, that it said fox, um, fox Hollow Farms. Yeah, he only saw when they were driving through the gate the farms part. At least he remembered that. He remembered that. So they do get some undercover, undercover police officers to scour the gay bars, but that only lasts for a week. They're only willing to use officers for a week. And Better the, than nothing. Right. Better but, than what they were giving. By the time Tony was due back to the 501 to meet Herb, it was only um, Virgil and one detective that was on Virgil's payroll that were there, like, undercover in the parking lot looking for a blue with vehicle him. with, yep, Ohio plates. But unfortunately, Herb isn't dumb enough to show because Herb knows that he fucked up. And that that was a really close call. So he remembered. Yeah. Herb does not show up to meet Tony. And again. So Mary gets assigned to a different huge case. So she's got to kind of start working on that. Virgil Vandegriff is like now the only one because he's retired who has time and energy to put into this. So he literally starts pulling out all the stops. He was known for using techniques in his cases like psychics and psychics, <laughs> psychics and hypnotists. 
Okay. Yeah. So he does that for this. It works. It it does. He has Tony try both of them. He recorded the interview with the hypnotist and played it for the psychic named Wanda, who helped kind of piece together um, parts of the house that Tony was unable to recall, but that she could kind of piece together yeah. for him. But she gave Tony a very grave warning and said, you must never go back there. I see a man handcuffed to a bed, spread eagle. Pictures are being taken while he's being strangled. His tongue is swollen and purple and hanging from his mouth. Tony, you must never go back to that hell house. This scared the living shit out of it would all of them even Virgil like Virgil is even you wouldn't scared. want to walk into that mm-mm, house mm-mm. so Virgil hires a state trooper who's willing to scour the roads for a mansion in the country of Indianapolis he in with that you know farms, farms like look yeah. for farms so this man's name is Bill Hillsley and he discovers a place called Fox Hollow Farm oh Pushing a little bit of the boundaries of his job. Well, <laughs> he drives Sometimes up. you have to do mm-hmm. that. He drives up past the home gardens. He gets out. He's peeking into the windows. He takes photos. Oh, he's really getting. Well, he never sees a pool or even smelled chlorine. So he thought it was a dead end and he leaves because the pool house is actually located like down the side of the house and kind of behind it. Yeah. So he didn't, he, he never didn't get saw that it. Far. It doesn't help, too, that where this house is located has the highest concentration of wealth in all of Indiana. So law enforcement are, like, absolutely not needed. These people are above suspicion for anything. There's no way, no way that these people are serial killers. So honestly, they really had nothing at this point and just had documented everything that Bill and Virgil, like, had, and they continued their hunt. Yep. Now, nearly a year goes by. Oh, my God. And this is where we see Herb's more obvious downward spiral. He knew it. He knew it. He knew it. He knew it. He knew that he needed to lay low after his failed attempt at killing Tony because he knew that Tony is going to be able to memorize his face and could have possibly told people about it. Oh, yeah. And Tony brought up his death Mm -hmm. threat. He's laying low. But this means that he doesn't have an outlet. Oh, God. He's going to start pissing on stuff again, isn't he? <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, I bet he probably does. But really what he does is he overindulges in cocaine and whiskey. Oh, well, too bad he didn't take, you know, a few extra bumps and <laughs> right, take a really just, long fucking dirt nap. Right. That would have been great. But nope, he doesn't. But he does get all the junk out of the mansion. Oh, that's nice. Because he knows he's on the verge of losing Julie. Right. Yeah. And in the, all this. And that will so break. The problem is, though, now the stores, the stores are, are full. so full, people can't even shop in it. They are, cho- they are like packed to the brim. It looks like a dumpster. People are complaining. He can't get people to show up for work because no one wants to work for a drunken, high, no, dark and twisty, disgusting asshole. You couldn't pay me enough. Nope. Nope. So what happens, He now he's losing money. The charity pulls their license <gasps> from his so store. Now he's, on his own. now he's completely on his own. Yep. And so to him, the solution to getting his life back on track is obvious. It had all started to go wrong when he stopped murdering. Oh, God. So yeah, that's all he the needed missing to fucking do. link right sure there. Sure is. Jesus. Sure is. I mean, obviously. Duh. Why can't people piece that together? I know. 
So everybody gets ahead in life. Mm-hmm. So all hell? he needed to do was go back to the bar, pick up a man, murder him. Easy peasy, lemon sleazy. Right? Yes. And so, video it. Mm-hmm. Of course. So he cleans himself up. He dresses in nice clothing, clothing and he heads to the bar. He wasn't having much luck, and he didn't have a lot of confidence without his alcohol and crutch of, you know, the Satan's gold bond, the cocaine. <laughs> so, Satan's gold bond. Oh, yep. my God. So he's not, he's just not as, as good at and it, you know. Not to mention, he's getting fucking old. Yes, he absolutely is. Yep. I mean, you stand mm-hmm. out in a bar. You're starting, yes, yes, yes. Especially in Indianapolis, bars so here he is an older man like you need a jazz club yep he's gonna hit on this guy he is seeking out like a little Young. bit older no oh, he's going no. for he is now at this point in time trying to at least on this night a little bit of what he thought was an older man he introduces the man as to the man he introduces brian himself smart. as brian smart and the man immediately showed a lot of interest he even showed so much interest that he told other people at the bar brian smart is here Oh, and all of a sudden the whole bar is paying attention and Herb has no idea what the fuck is happening, but he's got enough self-awareness to know that he shouldn't stick around to find Maybe out undercovers. So he jumps in his car and a man literally follows him out to take down his license plate. And that man is none other than Tony Harris. Fuck yeah. Because he had let people know. If a man comes in and is hitting on you and his name you is Brian not. Smart, mm-hmm. don't go God. with him. Yep. It had been nearly a year in spending that, like, since Tony yeah. had almost died. And spending that year on whiskey and Coke had made him not realize that he had tried to pick up the same man that he didn't successfully murder. He tried to pick up Tony that Harris again. That is so crazy. Mm-hmm. And he did not even recognize. Nope. Mm-mm. And I guarantee Tony he was, was like, so motherfucker. Right. He was so coked out, though, and drunk, you know? like. So, I wonder if Tony noticed him, like, as soon as he walked in, or if it was the name. I don't know. Because I don't a know. year of coke and drinking could really See, age in, you in fast. To- right, right, right. Yeah, I don't know what he looked pretty like. pretty rough. Mm-hmm. So Tony gives the license plate number to Virgil, who gives it to Mary, and that's all it takes for Virgil to know for sure. That the connections are not a coincidence. He's like, awesome. listen, these we have the same descriptions of this car and the license plate and the man, right? And Mary comes back with, yeah, this plate is registered to an herb, a herb Baumeister, the same people who own the home that Bill had taken photos of the year before. Huh. But they're like, more evidence really is needed because... These people own businesses. They're upstanding citizens. That like, mean shit. I do think that I forgot to mention they checked to see the um, house. You know, the house that that bill that yes. that detective that was working, the state trooper that was working, they had checked to see who the house was registered to, and that's when the police did not believe that Herb Baumeister and Julie Brian Baumeister Smart. was Brian Smart because look at you know no this is they own businesses. They're upstanding citizens. No records. Neither one of them. You have either in a record. But now that we have Herb Baumeister's name coming up again, and now he's connected to the vehicle that everyone is saying. Is Brian Smart. Right, is yes. Brian Smart. Now we need, like, this is not just a coincidence, you know. So Mary decided to do what she does best. 
she confronts the problem head on and simply shows up at his place of employment in one of his shop, one of his thrift shops, and just questions him out of nowhere to catch him off guard. I love her. Engages reactions, so she does. He was just trying to slip out for his whiskey lunch when she intercepts him and asks him about his attempted murder. Oh, and he's getting the whole shaky. He's shaken. So yeah. it is great mm-hmm. timing. Yep. So he's got, she's like, you know, I want to talk to you about your attempted murder on Tony Harris and the disappearance of all these other men. The conversation catches him completely off guard. And at first he was like all sweet and accommodating. Until she brought up specific names of victims. And then it was And then the on. switch was flipped and he turns into from he goes from sweet and cooperating to defensive and she can see. She can see Instantly. I've got my person. Mm-hmm. She and that's what she was looking for. So he obviously refuses to cooperate at this point in time and not only turns cold and defensive, but is practically snarling at her, just as she was expecting him to do. So she leaves and he immediately phones Julie, telling her that the cops were there saying that he had bought some stolen goods. Oh my God. Mm-hmm, and <sighs> that she was to never allow them into the house to search. So Mary did immediately go to the house. And Julie answers, and Julie's like, I'm sorry, but you can't come in. You know, Herb had already called me and let me know that you were investigating him for stolen goods. Like, there's no point in you searching the house. There's no stolen goods here. Mary's like, I don't. Excuse me, no. Right. Mary's like, I don't care if you have the fucking Mona Lisa in there, lady. I'm looking for bodies. Like the skeleton mm-hmm. that your son found right. playing out back. Yep. Does that replay in your mind at all? Oh, that immediately. That you brought in on the table yeah. that she, you eat dinner at. She immediately thought of that. And Mary said, we think that Herb has been killing men. Now, Julie knows about those bones. Her Christian upbringing tells her that she needs to stay true to her husband, though, and she's confused right now. So she tells Mary, Herb would not hurt a fly. I can't let you in. Like, he told me that I can't let you in. Mary leaves because she knows Julie's not a psychopath. No. Julie's not a murderer. She knows I have planted the seed. And and Julie's going to start really watching. Paying attention. Praying to her Lord that he guides her in the right direction. And is like, call me. If it's you your need way to me get in the out future. of your marriage mm-hmm. and maybe you can get laid with a new maybe, partner. Maybe. Just psst, go for it, Julie. Go. Well, it takes Julie less than a week. Good. Before she's calling Good Mary job, back. Julie. And telling Mary all about the bones and that she can come and search the property at any time. Really? Mm-hmm. Because that whole week, Herb had finally snapped. <gasps> He was paranoid beyond all oh, paranoia, I'm sure. compulsively looking out the windows, not going anywhere, lurking so it was in the more shadows. more than stolen goods. Mm-hmm. He proved that without saying yep. it. Yeah. Popping out, literally driving Julie crazy. He's like popping out questions. What are you doing? What are you, where are you going? Who are you talking to? Like so paranoid. So his behavior shows her exactly what she already feared, that he was guilty. So she tells him, you know what? I think you need, you, you seem stressed. I go think that spa. you need to go to your mom's and relax. That's what I do when I need to. So he does. And immediately when he leaves, she goes to her lawyer, files for divorce, and calls Mary. All in Hell the same yes. day. Hell yes. Get it, girl. So 
The evidence they go right to the mansion. The evidence that the mansion's compelling. Of course, they found the pool surrounded by mannequins, just as the only living witness, yes. Tony Harris, had described. They and would that find that is not an everyday occurrence. Yep. They also found the hidden camcorder in that pool room, but no tapes. They found almost immediately in the garden a lot of human bones, <sighs> blackened teeth. And they recovered all of the bones that they believe was were buried there, which is where I got those victims' names to tell you okay. that we know for sure happened at that house. Now Julie's in shock. Um, Obviously, yep. They even the police actually even had to remind her, like, don't you have to pick your kids up from school? Oh. And she's like, oh shit, yes, I do. And they're like, you go pick them up, and we're gonna put you up in a hotel for a couple yeah, of days don't so come that back the kids here. Yeah. don't see this. So she returns to the house like within 15 minutes of leaving and she's in a panic because Herb had taken <gasps> Eric. Shut up. Mm-mm. And that's the oldest, the right? Oldest the son. one that found the bones. Yes. Er, oh, yes. God. So Eric is with him at his mom's, which was not the plan. No. But he did this knowing that if he had one of the kids, it would keep Julie in line. Yes. But Julie didn't know he had one of the kids, so she reported, she allowed the police to search the property. And filed for divorce. Yes. Mary called the local police. Does not tell the local police that they are investigating her for murder. This is at the mother-in-law's house At the mother-in-law's area. area. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he just says, listen... Um, Julie has filed for divorce and she's been awarded full custody until the legal proceedings happen in the divorce case. And he ran off with the son. Could you go to the mother's house? Could you collect the son? Just explain the situation and bring the son back to us. So they're like, sure. So they show up, they knock on the door. It's explained, you know, what's going on. Now, Herb was really upset. He's like that fucking bitch, you know, blah, blah, blah. But his mom is there and Eric is there. So he cooperates and he's like, I know you're just doing your job, you know, to the police officers because nothing is mentioned about what's going on in the mansion right now. Well, no, and that guy Mm -hmm. doesn't even know. Nope, the police officer doesn't even know. Accidentally say it or act weird or suspicious in any other way. Bring like the SWAT team to pick up the sun. Nope. Because I would. Exactly, exactly. I'd be like, bring all the SWAT. And right now they're just collecting evidence. Like they can't, you know, innocent until proven guilty, right? They do, they take Eric and they get Eric back to his mom. But this enables Herb to know that Julie has filed for divorce. Yes, that's not good. Right. She knows that she or he knows that she won't be loyal to him in not allowing people to search the farm. So he knows it's only a matter of time. So he flees. He tells his mother that he's going back to Julie to work things out. But that's not what he does. Um, He's on the lam. Okay. So five days after the search of his house. Mary released all the information to the public and they get a call from Herb's brother, Brad, saying, hey, heard the news and I just want to let you know that Herb had me wire him $5,000 to a place in Canada because he said he was stranded from a business trip. So a police officer in Canada did talk to Herb before knowing who he was talking to. And after this information is released to the public, He's that like, police oh, officer yep, comes forward and is like, hey, I did talk to him. I found him sleeping in his car with two suitcases in the back and a box of videotapes in the front seat. But he of didn't know. Of course those would be in the front seat. Uh, They're probably course. fucking seat belted in. Mm-hmm. So the next time, that was the last time that a police officer came into contact with Herb. The next time that they come into contact with him 
He is found with a single self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head in his vehicle in Canada. The tapes were never found, but a three-page rambling note was found blaming everyone but himself. Of for, course. Not for the murders or anything. For his suicide. Oh, my God. He never mentions the murders. He never admits to being homosexual and even blaming like that. Like, no, he just blamed everybody in his life for like his financial ruin, like whatever. And that's why he committed suicide. Financial ruins and like mm -hmm. his wife that he doesn't mm -hmm. love or yep. care about. It's her fault. It's, it's his mom's fault. fault. His dad's fault. Everybody's but his. Now, the police are able to use his financial records and credit cards to match him to the murders on I-70. Even the women that we discussed earlier in the course of all the victims that I've mentioned throughout the episode, you know, have been connected with him. I am going to leave you on this. One thing that's always bothered Detective Virgil, who, by the way, I do want to mention, he got awards and accolades for solving this case. I'm sure. By the he way. sounds badass. Yes. But there's one piece that he hasn't been able to prove that he firmly believes was Herb's response, was, was the work of Herb as well is that when Herb was working as a traveling salesman, his brother, Richard, died in Texas. Wait, Herb's? Herb's brother, brother. Richard, okay. died in Texas Okay, during the same years that Herb was a traveling salesman. Okay. And the highway that he frequented oh God. led not only to Richard's town, but practically right to his house. He lived right off from the highway, but it was the manner that Richard was found that always bothered Virgil. Richard was found in his outdoor hot tub, strangled with a piece of garden hose. Shut the fuck up. It was Herb. Absolutely. Herb did it. That is what he loved to use but in his house. why would he house. kill his brother? I think he had resentment. Think about it. He's a black sheep of the family. Oh, that's true. All the other kids So were if he was doing so much better and he could have made a comment or maybe he asked him if he was yeah. gay. Right. I don't know. We maybe don't he, know. I, mm -hmm. yeah. We don't know. He killed his brother. That's all there is the to garden, it. The garden. Like, are you yeah, kidding the me? Garden An hose. outdoor hot tub Water strangled. With a garden hose. See, mm -hmm. I wonder, though, if he had any, like, if they could, obviously, they didn't think at the time, but, like, a rape kit or something. Because I, I don't wonder know. if he would have done something like that to him. Right. Or, or if just, that would have been just, too much. Just killing him just was. Just killing mm -hmm. him like he did the women. Right. To make matters worse, the case is still unsolved today, and there are no leads and no suspects. Because it was no, Herb, and it he was killed Herb. himself in And Canada. Virgil knows that, but he can't prove it. Prove it. Isn't that freaking crazy? The garden hose and the water. That gives, me too. Yeah, that is I, it. The I only 100%. thing they're missing is a camcorder and mannequins. And right. the hell that he could have recorded it. We never found videos. That's just it. And and that's the other thing. The videotapes were never found because Canada when, is a vast place. It is. And here like, he is traveling with it in his front yeah, seat. He you know how many bottles, one. bodies of water that yeah. he must have they passed. They could be in the woods just... Yeah. Yeah, he could chuck it out his window down a ravine. Absolutely, yeah. Every ten miles, right? So it doesn't surprise me. He got rid of the tapes oh, and yeah. then took his own life. And I'm sure they're one mm -hmm. by one. Yep, it would not be all in a box. I agree. In the elements, there's no way. Even if somebody stumbled upon one, yeah, there's no way you could ever see what was on. Nope. Them. So there, there is the horrific story. I'm kind of glad though because I would hate. For people to have to watch those, and they do. I agree. They have they to do. in order to 
A, know yep. what's going on, B, to make sure their evidence lines yep. up, and to prosecute. But I simultaneously traumatizing themselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. Secondary trauma is, is very real. I could not do it. No. I, have too, I am too empathetic. Yep. It would kill me. Yep. So, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful. We know, I mean, he took his own life. Like, we know he was responsible yes. for this stuff. The evidence is compelling without the tapes. But exactly. I agree. I'm glad that no one had to witness that. And I hope that, are you ready for a brain Hell bath? yes, I am. Okay. Because, Jesus. I know. Yes. I'm going to finish on, remember that article that I was reading yes. about the, the 10 dumbest criminals? Yeah, they're, they're the 19-year-old is mm-hmm. still fresh on my mind. Idiot. I'm going to pick up. This is a Brazilian robber, Ooh. all right? And he went to rob a bank but got robbed himself <laughs> twice. <laughs> twice? <laughs> and then he went to a police station to report the crime and got arrested on the spot. <laughs> I love how he's like, but I'm a victim he too. He got screwed so bad that day. <laughs> Mauricio Ferrario, a Brazilian robber, was robbed twice in the same night. The bizarre event took place when Ferrario parked his car in front of a pharmacy that he wanted to rob. He left the engine running so that he could yes. quickly flee with his ill-gotten gains. And as he was collecting the stash from the pharmacy, another thief sprinted over to his vehicle and made off with it. He probably wanted to rob the damn pharmacy too and thought, you shithead, you You hit it, I'm taking your car. You hit it first. After a while, Ferrario came back from the shop carrying a bag of money only to find his escape car was no longer there. (laughs) While he looked around... Oh, my God. You're just staring. I wonder where it went. While he looked around, another man grabbed his loot and made off. Oh, my God. Those two had to still be working together. <laughs> They're like, you steal the car. Yep. Wait I for him. I will the dumbass yep. and steal the money. He robbed this place for us, essentially. Yes. We're get- mm-hmm. So and they'll angry. get away clean. Yep. Angry at being robbed. It's actually kind of genius if you think it about is. it. It is. He, <laughs> he goes to the police station to report the crime. But when he's there, he bumped into the pharmacy owner Dumb that ass. he had just robbed. <laughs> I bet the pharmacy oh, owner was like, karma's like, a bitch. Seriously. It's like, wait, I can describe him for you. He's, he's right, right there. In the it, lobby. And I'm glad that someone else got my money and not him. Right. Karma is a is. bitch. Yep. So... So police arrest him on the spot and then allowed a local television news crew in in the station, like, to interview him. To point through the bars? Yep. So This is the idiot of Brazil right here. While speaking to the reporters, Ferrario moaned about the insecurity of the the city. He also said that he had not been able to enjoy his car, which had cost him a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to obtain. (gasps) When the reporters asked him whether he had bought the car or not, he reveals that he had, in fact, stolen it oh the day before. Oh, my God. And so, he hasn't been able to enjoy his stolen no, car. He hasn't. With his blood, sweat, and tears. And the, secure, and the city is so insecure. <gasps> I mean, I'd say, look at all this crime. Oh, my God. And the best is he literally, this is the second one that walked into mm-hmm. a Those police are like, this is the Sometimes best. Best job ever. I just sit there and they come right to yep. me. Like, I gotta say, some days my job is easier than others too. So I, they just I appreciate when they their make mouth it easy and on just them. Confess mm-hmm. everything. Yep. No, I do. So this next one: <sighs> two American robbers attempted robbery after disguising their faces with permanent marker. Dumb fucks. They got caught when police stopped their vehicle <laughs> and their faces matched the description. 
Hold on, Andrea. You have to see this, though. It's, Wait, there's pictures? There's not even disguises. Not, that looks like a kiss mask. Like he's putting on kiss makeup. Yep. It, guys, it doesn't what? disguise anything. It doesn't. They not didn't even, even a fill in the lines around their they cheeks. Didn't. It looks. No. At, no. My granddaughter could cover a face better than that. A hundred percent. Um, my kids when they were toddlers did do worse damage to their faces with marker than this. That these two. You do, that's not a disguise. In October two thousand and nine, Iowa police received a call <laughs> on a Friday night that two men with hooded sweatshirts and painted faces had tried to break into a man's home in Carroll, Iowa. Police responded to the call and a few blocks away stopped a vehicle matching the caller's description. When they looked at the two persons, they were stunned by their disguise. <laughs> stunned is not. Stunned. It was not stunned. stunned they no. were in like shock that these guys They're thought that was a They're stunned by mask. the stupidity. Yes, exactly. Of their yes. marker. The, their marker. The two men, Matthew Allen McNeely, 23, McNally, sorry, 23, and Joey Lee Miller, 20 had streaked their faces with a permanent black streaks marker. Streaks is correct. That's they a great are in word. Streaks. Yep, yep. Their strange disguise made it easier for the police to recognize them. Both oh, men shit. were charged with attempted burglary, and McNelly was charged additionally with operating a vehicle while intoxicated. Now that makes sense. That does. That now I get it. it. Because in their drunken state, they thought that making lines on their cheeks was yep. an awesome yep. mask, this and is, no one could identify them. This that is way. all making and sense. It will stay now. on for the next six weeks because there's just not it. enough Guys, scrubbing. No why alcohol. Why did you use nothing. a sharpie? Like washable. They markers. make washable that cover better than that. Oh no shit! Wow. Or use the fucking washable hairspray and just spray your something, face. Something. It would wash off. Makeup would marker. be a better job than that. That is the best. I cannot believe they thought that was a good yeah. idea. Well, intoxicated. That does make You have sense. to be very intoxicated to think That's true, that like you, extremely. like, you would have to look at your friend and laugh and be like, I still know who you are. Uh, right, at right. At some point, they would have had to, I think, have I that say, cross their mind. Like, I, I would be like, you're a dumbass. I can still see your Charnel. I don't Try think again. I've ever been that intoxicated. No. To if the point I did, where I, I was think that I would have been dead. Yeah, I agree. Like, alcohol, alcohol poisoning. poisoning. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> Most definitely. It's the only the only way that the, that it, that would even remotely be mm-hmm. okay in your mind. I think so. This next one says, Robert James Allen got caught when, in a fury, he revealed his face to a security camera because he couldn't figure out how to open the door <laughs> of the store he was robbing. <laughs> what? You get pissed, so you're like, do you see who I am? Right. Like, was he trying to use face ID to open he it? Was. What the shit? Please tell me he was intoxicated, Let's too. See. What is with these people? Let's see. So there are many things that can go wrong in an armed robbery, and figuring out how to open a door is likely to be the least of the problems. However, it was a door that led to the undoing of criminal James Allen when he had trouble working out which way it opened. I would do that. I would push instead of pull or whatever. I do it all the time. I would, but I would think that it would snap pretty quick and I would try the opposite. Right. Allen robbed a shop in 2012 disguised as a baklava, disguised (laughs) in a baklava, excuse me, and then tried to get out through the door. But he failed to distinguish the difference between the door's push and pull mechanism oh my god See, after a lot of tries that. yeah the frustrated 28 year old took off his baklava only to reveal his face to the store's cctv camera dumb ass out of frustration he kicked a panel near the door <laughs> and knocked over a display 
then fell to the ground exhausted. Oh my God, he had a tantrum like a two-year-old. And then he demanded the store manager let him <laughs> out. Oh, honey, baby, sweetie, bye. Get me out. Let me out. I just robbed you, but let me out. And I kicked over your display, and now I'm exhausted. I'm going to have to crawl to my getaway car. After the store manager opened the door, (gasps) Alan ran out, and he was found by the police on the same road three hours later with the baklava in his pocket. He couldn't oh even God. get off the road. He, he was, was so tired. Crawling. He was lost and hallucinating from his uh, tiredness. He's like he was exhausted. 28 years old and exhausted. He from, needed the coke. From not from knowing if he could push herb. her. He did. He needed Herb's coke. He couldn't tell run if away. he was supposed to push or pull, and it wore him. He wore himself out kicking trying. the panel. I mean, that's a lot of effort kicking over a oh, display God. of cardboard. Probably, like it would be a lot. The dis- uh, there's a photo. Oh my God! The I display is cardboard, honey. Oh my God! I am so like I can see these have. Yeah, there's it's no just excuse. a little display. He, he must have. Uh, yeah, there's no. He needs to work out more. I think so. He, he does look like his, a tiny little man. He, yeah, he's got to build up his stamina. Obviously, I, uh, I can't even say it. Jesus. Stamina. Thank you. I knew what you were trying to you say. Know, I just make up words mm-hmm. that are not real words, but I'm that's glad okay. You know. I knew exactly what you meant. Yeah, that that isn't that he funny? deserves to be arrested oh, after so, all that. He's so tired. And if he if I was a manager and somebody robbed me and demanded to open the door, I'd be like, kiss my fucking ass. I'm going yeah. back in my office, find your I'd own way like, out. You figure it out. If, There's a yes. sign. And don't knock over my fucking display. For sure. Because they're a pain in the ass to do. To redo. And you Although, have to redo them all the time. Luckily, that one was small. So Still. It looks. It looked to be it's like. It's probably a cardboard one that they had to try to put together. And if anyone has ever worked in retail and tried to do those, their directions fucking suck. They do. And they do not work the way they're supposed to. Or they lean and you put the thing on them and they fucking crumble so i feel sorry for those employees those employees of that little he probably one. fucked that whole cardboard thing up and it'll never stand right I, again i didn't anticipate you to get so heated over the Fuck display but him. yeah also in looking in the background this appears to be like the card section the gift box oh. section and stuff this almost looks like a little hallmark <laughs> store it's like what exactly were you robbing how many millions okay, did you really my, think you were gonna get from this now from like any time after like early 2000s, when you go to rob a place, people are not understanding the concept of people don't use fucking money anymore. Right. It is, car- like, do you want the receipts? Yeah. Like, what True. What, what would you want? True. There's nothing in here. Yep. Yep. It blows Very little mind. cash. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you're this not going to walk out with this? millions. I mean, God, yeah, this was 2012. Yeah, people were using cards. Debit cards all the time. Our little gas station. Yeah. Where I live, yeah, I don't think we usually use it. But anyways, yeah. I live out in the sticks. We have literally a two-pump gas station, and the pumps are so old that young people don't know how to turn them on. Yep. It is, but it's nice. We have gas. Mm-hmm. I don't have to drive 10 minutes to get gas. Right. However, we had two dumbasses come in and rob. Literally, they mm-hmm. walked out with, like, under $100 and ended up stealing, like, six individual things of cigarettes and a whole tub of rolling papers that are 99 cents a piece a whole tub brand new like a thousand packages of of rolling rolling paper paper. 
I'm like, you could save it and just buy like a one hitter or something oh or a bowl. God. You can reuse right, those. Right, because you're not going to get anything else from these tiny, the, like the store she's talking about is and so tiny. And they had tiny. a gun. And I was like, seriously? Yeah. So now it's a federal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one had like Charge. literally a full ride to college. Like Jesus. it was so sad. And I watched the video because I happened to work. The owner has two stores like back to back and one does pizza and subs. And I worked there for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. So I actually had a cover at the store. Like they let the girl go home and I had to cover for a few hours and they're like, are you scared? I'm like, my husband is around the corner. And if yeah. I text him, like he will get here and handle the situation. But if some kid wants to put a gun to my face for the $5 in the drawer, I'll show you the drawer. You, Have right, it. Take what right, you want. Exactly. I don't care. But literally these idiots are still robbing places. Mm-hmm. And unless you are a bank. Yeah, you don't have the money. No. People, I mean, we, my husband still is 100% uses cash. So we do use cash more than the average. Like a debit card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But most people don't. uh, 99% of people are using cards. Right. Yep. And some get cash back. So right there, you have less coming out. Like, I I don't understand. Like, these people must have never worked in retail. Mm hmm. Oh, to, no, to no. not and comprehend. They're not, they're not using their brains. I mean, no. they're robbing. It's like First put of all, down the meth pipe and realize right. where you're going. They think that they could, that they're going to get anything out of the store that like is I'll literally out in the middle of that's nowhere. Outdated. Yes, exactly. Would you like that? Because yep. that's what we got hasn't here. come in yet. Yep. Like, Little Debbie's is late. This yes. is what we have. <laughs> exactly. I could, Or maybe a Slim Jim. Mm-hmm. I might be able to find one. I got that, Like but that's You it. could have that. Yeah. A Fago. Yep. Any flavor of Fago, take your pick, even the new ones. Oh, God. Fucking idiots, yep. I tell you. That they, but you know what? They give us good brain bath material. Oh, so my God, yes. Keep on keeping on, people. Especially the Florida. I don't know what yep. it is with them. But. I do love that. Do love a good Florida man. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. Andrea, thank you for joining me as my I guest host. I do have to say. For anybody out there that's not a Patreon, and I do not get paid for this, like literally <laughs> nope, do not. Nope. Um, but you guys seriously need to sign up at any level. Um, I am at the highest, but that's because I adore. You are Charnel. a you are a top shelf Patreon. I am, yeah, and I have been from day one. Just because yes. I truly do. I love Charnel. I support this, and I love the podcast. Cracks me up. Because I can see her reaction in my head, <laughs> even when I'm not here. I'm like, oh, my God, yes. And that makes me laugh louder. So you guys that have seen sneak peeks of her videos can now kind of digest what she's saying and picture it, I'm thinking. But the content that you get being a Patreon is more personal <laughs> yeah. than it what you get bit, here. Yeah. You yeah. get to see a slightly different side of Charnel, yeah. and then I think... It makes it funnier to listen to the normal, normal side of podcasts. Right. Yep. Um, there are no filters. There are no, like, really, it is what happens. There's no real mm-hmm. filtering on Patreons. We have some crazy stuff that gets talked about, even in, you know. In the ha- Facebook yeah, group. Yeah, we have yeah. our own Facebook group. Yeah. And um, there's memes that get shared. There's stories, articles. I mean, we just talk. It's a little family. It is. But honestly, the content that comes out that you guys don't see, it's worth it. It is so much fun, and it's worth supporting her because a, if you're listening, you obviously love her, like we all do. <laughs> but it oh, does support her you. with the research, and you get the content back. It is So if you're not a Patreon, I strongly, strongly <laughs> urge you to get on because it is worth it. 
That was so sweet it. of you. Thank you. It's so true, I do try. Though. I do try to give a lot of extra content it for my so paying true. subscribers. The, the bonus contents are the best. They <laughs> well, just thank are. You. Yes. If you guys want to do that, feel free. There is a link in the show notes, but also you could just Google um, patreon.com forward slash crime curious and you should see the my page there yes. as I pop up and uh, join anytime. And then you get access to the private Facebook group that Andrea was referencing where we really are like an awesome little family it and is. we get like, to know we each have other. Some, and it, it's not always crimey stuff either no, that gets yeah. shared. Like we, it's, it's just fun. a fun group. It's just like, fun. Yeah, it's fun. exactly. It's so much fun. And yes, I definitely don't censor as much when I am no. putting out pa- Patreon content because they're paying for that contra- content rather than the general we get, audience. We get so the, uh, it's the fun. whole package of Charnel on <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> yeah. And it does get goofy. She is, she is, we get the whole Charnel. For sure. And for I sure. love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that. And if you aren't in a position where you want to join Patreon, you could always follow me on social media as well and send case suggestions to crimecurious at yahoo.com or on any of the um like messaging out messing messenger outlets on the social media pages so all right until next time everyone keep it curious bye-bye bye